Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Hey there, it's time for another edition of The Victor Mark Show, and I'm your guest host once again, Jeff Teagues. If you're a regular listener, you probably know who I am, but in case you don't, I'm the Chief Operations Officer here at All Things Possible Ministries, which basically means I get to do a lot of fun stuff. On yesterday's episode, we got our keys out and unlocked our audio vault to bring you a classic message that Victor gave a few years back at Calvary Chapel Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, I encourage you to go to victormarks.com slash show. There you can listen to the first part of this message, as well as any other past shows that you may have missed. Once again, that's victormarks.com slash show. As we closed out the last show, Victor was speaking from Colossians chapter 3. So get your Bibles open and follow along as we bring you the conclusion of this classic program on this edition of The Victor Mark Show. Let me tell you what, there are consequences for sin. God forgives, wisdom does not. You think you can be habitual, habitual abuser of your family, of your wife, of your kid, or stay in a cycle addicted to drugs and there not be consequences? It's not going to happen. That's a, that's a gamble you will lose, my friend. It's better to submit yourself to God Almighty and say, God, every day, every day, I'm going to live for you. And you say, Victor, but come on, man. You don't know. You don't know. Sometimes things get so tense. And, uh, well, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to do to trust God and obey him that he'll give you the power to overcome and be, be victorious and in those circumstances of temptation. Have you ever, when faced with temptation or anger or whatever it is, drugs, or have you ever laid down flat on the ground, arms spread like HPD had you, right? And say, dear God, I'm calling out to you for help. Please help me. I'm submitting myself to you. I'm not going to get off this ground until I feel your presence. I feel your peace until I feel this desire is gone. What are you willing to do? Men who struggle with lust? I never have. (laughs) No, I'll tell you what. There was one time where (laughs) I was struggling with lust. And like for a few days, it was really bad. I couldn't get a hold of it. And it was more than just like a natural man's desire. You kind of, this was evil. It was an evil presence that, and you know, it makes sense because I had spoke at a sex addiction recovery group like a few days before, and I let them, I let them people put hands on me to pray for me afterwards, and I shouldn't have. I mean, I really heard the Holy Spirit say, don't you let that one touch you. I was like, but God, they're going to pray for me. I should have just said, ah, that's okay, you. I don't know you, but I didn't. Anyway, 
I left, and almost immediately for three days, horrible, oh, it was horrible stuff. Do you understand? And I couldn't get a hold of it. I was like, God. And I was calling out to God. And I, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, are you willing to do what I want you to do to break this? I was like, and believe me, after three days of non-victory, I was like, yes, God, please. He said, tell your wife and have her pray for you. I was like, is there a, a, another way, Lord? Yeah. Is there a B plan? Is it? It's almost like Jesus asked the paralytic man at the pool of Bethsaida. Remember, this guy has been crippled, and he says, do you want to be healed? Jesus asked him that. Well, that's a crazy question. I mean, you think you'd be on the ground. What do you think? I'd be here all the time. I can't even get to the water. Because, you know, the guy with the arm, he like this, but he got feet. He jumps right in there when the angels start. Whoa. <laughs> Look at me. Uh, 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 uh. I'm not fat. You would think that'd be a silly question, but God knows the heart of man. And some people like to play the victim. Some people live in that place of, oh, poor me. I can't get no victory. This is the way I am. This is my family. I come from a long line of drinkers, wife beaters. Fornicators, mattress tag cutters. <laughs> it's a law. Somebody must be doing it. I mean, for them to, it's illegal. Somebody. <laughs> but God is able. And look, you may be. You may be at one point in your life victimized, but you don't have to be a victim. There's a difference. I obeyed God. I told my wife, honey, I've been struggling. God said to pray for me. Anoint me with all and pray for me. She said, okay, honey. What are you struggling with? I said, lust. She said, oh, have a seat. <laughs> and then she went and got, I ain't lying, she got a bottle of olive oil, sat me down. I thought she was going to do the typical thing. Oh, girl goes like this. And it's poured on my head. And then she prayed. But when she prayed for me, she prayed angrily. <laughs> my wife, she's a princess warrior. When she started praying, she took authority. She's like, in the name of Jesus, you foul spirits who are coming after my husband, you cannot. I bind you in the name of that. And she was like, oh. <laughs> and she just went at it and 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 Boom. It was, I mean, it was boom, tap out, arm break, I mean, stomping their face in. I was like, go, girl. <laughs> but guess what? It left me. Left me and never came back. That shows it was demonic. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. <laughs> Even as Christ forgave you. And this is where I kind of want to start to land the plane. I think forgiveness, gang, is one of the, the hardest things for humanity. 
to forgive when somebody's done you wrong. I stand before you today having spoken to about every type of people and, and the one constant is, is unforgiveness. Even as Christians. Because somewhere along the line, we develop our own plumb line for what we're willing to forgive and what we're not. And let me tell you, unforgiveness in your heart will keep you locked up. It will keep you from experiencing the presence of God in a fresh new way. You can come to church, but you hear Bible studies, and it's not getting into you. Does that make sense? And then you're trying to apply stuff out there, and it ain't working, and you get discouraged, and then you'll end up just going to other things for relief. And sadly, some people go, oh, I tried Christianity, I don't work. I'm like, oh, oh, it do work. I've seen it. I've seen the effects of the power of God in people's lives, starting with me. What God has done in my life. And that's why I'm committed to traveling and speaking. We put my testimony in a book form. Because I spend most of my time with kids who are incarcerated around the United States, ages eight years old and up. I've seen the worst of the worst. Not long ago, I sat down with a kid who at 10 years old shot his dad in the head and killed him. It made 60 minutes. And the staff wanted me to come in because they said, you're Victor Marks, you wrote that book? They said, that's the only thing that kid carries with him everywhere. Your book in his back pocket. Because he wrote me a letter, that's why I went and visited him. He, he said, my name is Joseph Hall. I'm reading your book. Uh, I want to become a Christian. Help me become a Christian. And he said, our lives are similar. And then he said, I'm in jail for murder. He's phonetically M-U-T and then T-E-R, murder. I was like, murder? Murder? Sound like cat in the hat. <laughs> Remember that TV show where he's on the keyboard? Murder. <laughs> okay, so... And I went and visited that kid, and I was like, whoa. And then we made the film. And by the way, the book, we've, able to give, we've been able to give out 30,000 copies of my book to kids who are incarcerated or foster care kids because God's doing it. And then this film, we just tested the film here in Hawaii at a little juvenile facility yesterday for about 20 kids. And, and I said, okay, here we go. Let's, let's see if this works. So they brought the kids in, girls and guys. You know, it's all local kids. Hey, they cussing all the way down the hall. They in jail. It's like, blah, 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 blah. They sit down. And then they had a screen. They rolled the film. And at the end, there's a place to pray. And when the film was done, it's not long. It's a documentary film. So it's me telling my story and reenactments of when I grew up. When it was through, I walked up. I said, hey, how many of you prayed that prayer or you want to pray now to surrender your life 
to God and be forgiven. And then to forgive others. Out of 20 kids, nine of them raised their hand. And then two staff members raised their hand. So it works. Because I said, I would not make a film unless a kid would just sit there watching it like that. But it's turned out good, y'all. And here, here's the nutshell of my story. My father was a drug dealer and a pimp who did not claim me as his kid. When my mom got pregnant, he said, that ain't my kid. My mom would end up marrying six times in her life. I would go to 14 schools, lived in 17 different houses. At five years old, I was caught by a child molester in Mendenhall, Mississippi in the middle of the summer. I was sexually assaulted, and he tried to kill me by leaving me in a commercial cooler. I wish I could say the, the craziness stopped there, but it didn't. As a matter of fact, my mother would marry different crazy guys trying to repair her own life by thinking, if I just marry another crazy one, I'll fix him, and it'll be okay. It doesn't work like that, woman. You can't fix anybody. You may be good at controlling, but you, you can't fix and I had a stepfather who was horribly abusive to us. Beyond the worst things that can happen to a kid happen. I had another stepfather who was a convicted murderer. Went to Chino Prison for murder. And then I found uh, uh, my step... People say, if your parents are messed up, what about your grandparents? One of my grandfathers died in a mental hospital. The same one my biological dad had to go to for homicidal tendencies. I just thought, was our name up there? Like on a door or something? It's like the timeshare for the Marxes. And I had to get under psychiatric care because of the trauma I faced. I had 123 visits in nine months to a trauma specialist to try to put me together. After I was a Christian. Believe me, it affected me. And so much of that stuff was driving me, which is why I struggled in my marriage. Because I had so much transference of anger on my wife. Because I was really angry at my mom. Does that make sense? It is what it is. We're Christians, but we're human. You got a soul, a mind, a psyche. It all works together. My other grandfather killed his wife in public and shot himself. My biological dad would finally take responsibility for me and reach out to me as a young man. And he apologized for not ever being there. Because a lot of the crap that happened to me would have not happened had he as a father stepped in his rightful place. But he told me that something had happened to him. That's why he could tell me. He said he had given his life to Jesus Christ. I was like, what? What? He wrote me a letter, and I still have that letter because I, I found an organization to take me in to kind of help me. You know, they gave me food to eat, a place to sleep, and an M16. as the United States Marine Corps. <laughs> Any Marines in here? Formal, active, hoorah. I knew I could smell y'all. And you know what? Man, the Marine Corps was good for me because it let me, man, channel my anger. But I was still empty. And believe me, that's when I started martial arts. And I'd fight. I'd fight anybody, anytime. It, the MMA guys, me and Hoist Gracie would work out in his garage before 
UFC. And I'm not saying I was good. I'm an oldster now. But look, I've had my nose broke so many times. I can tell you I block very good with my face. <laughs> One of the best in the biz. But still empty. And when my biological dad wrote me that letter and he said he had got saved, he invited me to go to church. And I flew down to Louisiana. There he was. And I went to church with him. And you know what? I heard that message again that Jesus died on that cross for me. And that was the day I stopped blaming everybody else for my problems. Because when you've had bad things happen to you, unfair injustices, parents who divorce, parents who cheat, abuse, you can always justify your behavior. But it doesn't make it right. You justify it when you go to that pipe. You justify it when you crack that guy because he looks at you. You justify it when your wife says something to you and you explode because the pain you feel, you will do anything to keep it away. In June 22, 1986, I, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And I got forgiven. And he touched me. And although he didn't make me perfect, I mean literally did not. When I was up front, for me, I was praying, crying, I was sobbing, and an elder came up and put his hand on me and said, can I pray for you? Because I was like, I was a Marine. I was like, stop crying. What are you doing? But when he touched me, I didn't like to be touched. Did not like, don't touch me. And he touched me right here. I jumped up and grabbed him. And I said, you touch me again, I'll break your face, man. I'll put you in the jaw, break your jaw. I mean, I was making all these threats. And the guy's like, dude, okay. And my dad had come in the front row with his arms stretched out. He says, I know the boy. He'll hit you. Just <laughs> let God do something in him. And God did. God did. And he started that process in my life. And, and I'm telling you, God is good. But he, he commanded me to forgive others. And the main guy I had to forgive was my stepfather, who had abused me so bad that it'd later be made a film about. But I found that man as an adult Christian in my life. I went back and found him. And he had been put in prison, and he escaped prison. He was fled the country. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's crazy, but I can't. But I was there when he was on his deathbed in the hospital, praying for him, reading scriptures. Because I told him, man, you're dying. You're going to be dead soon. You're going to hell. Hell, the literal, real place of torment because you've rejected Christ. Not just because of what you've done, especially to me, but what you have done in rejecting God's plan of salvation through his son. And I'll tell you what, he was so hard, I never thought he'd ever change. And yet, the last morning I came in, I walked in, and he, he introduced me to his nurse. He said, hey, nurse, this is my son. He said, I'm proud of him. I never heard them words in my life from my dad. He said, he became a, a preacher man. And he laughed. Uh, uh, the only one out of any of us. 
He said, he'd been worried about my eternity. But he doesn't have to worry anymore. He said, I made it right with God last night. This man, it was such a holy moment, the nurse backed away. She left the room, and I'm looking at him. I couldn't believe I heard these words from this, the hardest man I ever met in my life. What do you do at that point? He got saved. In the... So I took a pillow. I just placed it. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. That's a joke. <laughs> Don't laugh. That's wrong. I was getting too serious. I did say, Lord, what do you, I don't even know what to say. And my last words to him were, Dad, I love you. And he looked up at me and he said, boy, I love you too. And I turned around and left the room. And he changed his address not long after that. You know who got free? Not only him, but me. Because of God's forgiveness. Love is the only thing more powerful than hate that I know of. And I encourage you today, if you've never surrendered your life to God, why not? Well, I mean, what's holding you back? You, you, you got this? You, you're gonna, you, you got your life okay? Well, what's going to happen when circumstances beyond your control? You can't control them. Then what? What happens when your health fails and you can't do or be what? What happens when it comes time to die and the wrath of God that is stored up against all sinners will be executed upon you? Because it will. And death will come. I had a friend just, just pass away. I, was, I got to visit him right before he did. And he had a brain tumor. He had two of them, cancer everywhere. He's the only guy that'll make you want brain cancer if your relationship with the Lord is that good. This guy was on fire, young pastor, 30, like 32 years old, just loving the Lord. And here he is dying, and, I'm, and I was cutting up with him. Half his side was gone already. He cut, you know, he's, he, he, you know, and he wadded up with one hand a piece of paper and threw it at me and hit me in my chest. I was like, what? I threw it back at him, hit him in his head. Like, oh, sorry, I don't want to hurt your head. No, trust me, yeah, this dude, full Chinese guy, he's funny, big one. Chinese, and he said, look, he could barely talk. And he dozed off. And I'm, it's just me and him in the room. And this dear brother, it was quiet. And all of a sudden he goes, out of nowhere, he screams out, the wrath of God! And I jumped. I was, I was like, whoa, what, what is that? It's here. It scared me. I mean, it scared me. I ain't playing. This guy, he's dying. He's like, whoa! And I was like, this is And then he starts rubbing his head. He goes, Ugh. it's satisfied by the grace, the cross, the cross of Jesus. And then he faded again. I was like, dude, if you were trying to 
brand my soul for the rest of my days on this earth, you just did it. The wrath of God is satisfied by the cross of Jesus. That's what it all boils down to. What are you going to do with the cross? What are you going to do with Jesus, my friend, today? I hope you surrender to him and be forgiven. The power of forgiveness that brings the gospel message of salvation. This is why we do what we do. We want everyone to get saved and to call Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. If you've never given your heart to Jesus and asked him to come into your life, you can do that right now. It's simple. Just say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned against you. I know that I'm not perfect and that I cannot please you through my own efforts. I know that I deserve to be judged according to my sins, and I know that I have nothing to offer you. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Please cleanse me and make me right before you. I trust in what you have done on the cross. I do not rely on myself, but only on you, and I receive you as Lord of my life and as Savior of my soul. Lord Jesus, save me. If you said that prayer in your heart, and now you want to know how to walk with the Lord and follow him, Get in touch with us by going to victormarks.com forward slash steps to peace. We have information there that will help you with your new walk with the Lord. That's victormarks.com forward slash steps to peace. Thanks again for joining us today. For Victor Marks, I'm Jeff Teagues. We'll see you next time for another edition of The Victor Marks Show. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time. 